The boss of View Cinemas predicts doom and gloom for 2024, but it's okay because 2025 will be good. Hollywood's actors have got a deal, but what of the AI overlords? Also, Plex is now a social network. They could only be the airwaves. It all depends when you're listening to this, but good evening, and welcome to another glorious, multi-award-winning episode of The Airwaves. This is the show that covers the week's media news, large or small, interesting or not, it's all here. But before we get to all that, Alex Fox is here. How are you doing, sir? Despite everything, I'm fine, thank you very much. We really ought to release a, um, uh, I don't know, so perhaps, perhaps we should start a Patreon, and then we can release a... So uh, this week in this week in Fox, um, this week in Alex's kitchen, in, in Alex's week in kitchens. <laughs> oh, I tell you what was exciting that I didn't tell you, but actually was quite exciting with my kitchen. Oh yes, there was some panelling on. Oh, I don't know one more. Uh, I don't need to get technical. And the guys came in to do some plastering or whatever, and he said, "Oh, we can't plaster over that because it's wooden panelling, so we have to take it down and." put something up and then I do you know what I wasn't listening I just said yeah whatever mm. um, they took it down and then they exposed the old larder that was <laughs> built 100 years ago with a house oh, cool. now it sort of goes to what we call the understairs cupboard now but we always assumed that the cupboard in the understairs cupboard was an understairs cupboard and it turns out it's not an understairs cupboard at all it's the back of the larder that they took the back of the larder off and right. made it an understairs cupboard and blocked off the front of the larder, which was in the kitchen. And so for a few hours today, before they blocked it off again with whatever they were doing, <laughs> I actually had four separate doors in my kitchen. And, uh, and annoyingly, none of them were attached to cupboards. But oh. I had four actual entrance and exit doors to my kitchen. Now, there can't be that many kitchens that have that many doors. And also, I took some pictures, because it was really lovely. It was literally the house as it was when it was built. Yeah. And that was quite an exciting moment. So... In that respect, it was a good day for my life in Alex's what yeah. will be a kitchen again one day. Well, one day. One day, one hopefully. Day. Hopefully. We can only hope. We can only hope. <laughs> I really do, actually. Mm. I really do hope. Guess who else is here? I don't know. Tone. Guess a clue. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's not much of a bloody clue. That's the answer. <laughs> Tony Blunt is here. How are you doing, sir? Well, I, uh, I can't claim my life's as chaotic as Alex is at the moment. <laughs> well, you uh, haven't done the show yet. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what we'll see over the next however long this... <laughs> but you do have a kitchen? Yes, yes, yes. And it's also the living room, and it's all, all fairly nice and contained and maintained, yeah. Oh, the joy of that. I, I can only wish. The joy, the joy of the dream of... I was about to say the joy of the self-contained chicken, but... But well, um, chickens are self-contained. I suppose I they are self-contained. Yes. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. What came first, the self-containment or the chicken? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that's that's. Mm, mm. Well, let's not get let's not get too deep in this this early on into the show because, uh, <laughs> uh, according to uh, View CEO Tim Richards, uh, next year is going to be tough, but 2025 could be, quote unquote, bumper. 
So, is he waiting for his kitchen to be finished? I was going to say he's waiting for his, yeah. Yeah, he's having bumpers put on all of his skirting boards. Um, so View CEO Tim Richards is anticipating more hardship ahead uh, for the uh, exhibition sector in 2024. Uh, but he said he is optimistic for 2025 uh, because he thinks it'll be a bumper year. Uh, next year is going to be really very, very tough, he said, uh, while speaking at the British Screen Forum conference. Uh, held in London yesterday, that's November 22nd, uh, Richard said he anticipated it will be the it will be worse, potentially even significantly worse, than this year. Uh, this story from ScreenDaily.com. So, I mean, I, I thought that... Glass half full, eh? I suppose. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, I mean, at least, I mean you're going to have to wait until 2025 for things to get better. I thought that things in terms of, in terms of cinema, I thought that things were just going from bad to worse. I mean, are we saying they're going from bad to worse... But then they're going to go back to bad again. I say because they've attempted this sort of comeback from you know, COVID and the lockdowns and all that. And yeah, what they're sorry, yeah. but the biggest problem is that you had Barbie, you had Oppenheimer, and the truth yeah. is nothing like that's happened for twenty years, let alone ten years. Yeah, it's like I think the last time something that big was Star Wars versus something else. You know, it was that. Type and of and thing. and and this was by sort of an off chance, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it so, wasn't even something know, planned by any studio. It was just. Oh, it's these like two saying, films release at the same time. Yeah, I mean, two films that truth couldn't is, be this year more was crap. different. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but this year was crap. Yeah. Next year won't be so crap. But this year was saved by two flukes. And its truth is it was saved by the fact that they were coming out at the same time. Mm. It wasn't yeah. even the either. I mean, I mean, they were okay. That's how they both got the publicity, yeah. 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 So if they were just came out separately, it would have been an, an equally rubbish year. But, you know, I mean, like, I, I do think, you know, we got through COVID and some of these people have got to go, do you know what, things need to be built up and you've had strikes and you've had this and you've had that. Mm. So um, I, I, it does sound really quite a bitter conversation here. So I mean, why would 2025 be, oh, it says could be bumper. I think he's just saying that I've, um, I've, we've not planned anything decent yeah. for next year. He's probably also. the year after is all right. It's probably also the knock-on effects of things like the strikes. All the strikes, yeah. Because obviously that will carry on into things that would have been ready now of being pushed into next year. Because we've just had we've just had all the films that were that were finished last year. Yes, and this year we've had an enormous wedge cut through the year. And next year, will I mean, what are they going to put on the cinema? They're going to they're going to start screening reality television. What they could do is really start. mm giving proper screenings to older movies that were brilliant and hits mm. that most people never got the chance to see in the cinema. Most people Because there's an awful yeah. lot of films out there that, you know, even if you can get them on Netflix or wherever, make a big thing out of an event. Yes. You know, if these people actually push it, as in not saying, oh, we're just showing you this, actually start big advertising campaigns, you know, billboards and saying, mm. you never got the chance to see Jaws, it doesn't matter what it is. You never got to see yeah. the chance to see that if you're under 55 or 60 or 80. I have no idea what the age would be. You know, push it. Jaws was only on in the 70s, wasn't it? 
Yeah, I know, but you had to be 18 to see it. That's the point. Oh, I guess you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean but, you, you do get sort of some some of the smaller cinema chains, it turns out, doing these events, don't you? Where it's like, oh, it's this anniversary of a film. We'll go and put that on for a special event. Yeah, but you, and they sometimes could it's actually like, give a proper a month, bit of advertising for this. Have a month block of it or something. You know, month, yeah, but you know, make a showing. big thing. Exactly. And they must, I don't know, if they stuck on Greece in the cinema... Were the, the you know half the women of a certain age, and you know, I suppose some guys would go with you know, they put Greece in the cinema, everyone would slip over. Uh, hey, <laughs> boom, boom. I mean, yeah. we? But, I mean, I mean, you used to get this when it was one of the prequels of Star Wars. I think that some cinemas had this where oh, you could watch the previous three and then this new one, you know. yeah. But they were like individual ideas, and there was no advertising. No. You might see it in the local paper, or there might be word of mouth. They could really, really push it. Hmm. And if they did, I reckon they would. Well, everyone I mean, over a certain age would go to the cinema uh, for the first time in 10, 15, 20 years. I mean, if they started showing James Bond in the cinema, and I'm talking about old James Bonds, I'd go and see hmm. half of them. I mean, don't charge. You know, if 25 quid for a ticket or whatever it is, charge a tenner or whatever, but, you know, a reasonable rate for an evening out yeah. because you're not paying a fortune for the movies like you do for a modern one. They will fill the things up. They, they mm. just don't make – they just don't make any effort, for want of a better word. They just go, we need people to bring out massive films so we can fill up our seats. Well, what about making an effort to fill them up the rest of the time? Because there's an awful lot of, you know, there's over 120 years of cinema that, I mean, I'm not saying you can show any old dross, but there's 120 years of cinema and there's thousands of wonderful things that will cost them nothing to show. And you just pick, you know, one of 500 really, really big films, good films. I would love to go and see a, a Hitchcock in the, in the cinema. Oh. I've got no interest in very much that's come out in the last 10 years. I would go every week, if it was a, a tenor, I'd go probably more than once a week, if it was a tenor, to go and see films that I never got the chance to see in a big cinema. I'd love it. That experience, that sound, that, you know, you know, go and see 2001 on a big screen with all that around you. It'd be fantastic. Mm. No, but they don't do it. You know, it's just a throwaway. Uh, well, we might do it occasionally if something there's a tie-in. Just like I say, it's these small events, isn't it? The anniversary. I mean, I know a guy. He went to see Back to the Future at one of our local cinemas. Yeah. He said, "Oh, there was actually quite a young audience there who never would have had the chance to see it." That's the whole well, point. That's yeah. probably and it's like same. that's a good thing that they were there. You know? Was that the same cinema in Nottingham that I saw uh, Blade Runner? Because they screened uh, possibly the Ark. Oh, it yeah. was the other one. It's the other boutique cinema oh, okay. you've got there. I can't remember what it's called yeah. now. But it's um... the lintel. <laughs> so we've got uh, we've got ironically view. I think we've got yeah. All oh, right, there is there was another yeah. one, but I saw I saw I remember I saw Blade and Runner. Showcase, there. yeah. Um, yeah, I saw saw Blade Runner: The Final Cut. Mm. Some of that that oh, was that amazing. Was and uh, no, it, so that's the thing. <laughs> we've got these some of those long Blade Runners. I tried them. Mm. I was like, mm. <laughs> oh, I know dear. why they cut it shorter. Oh dear! No, because the, what they do sometimes is you get you get these news these news posts where they say, "Oh, uh, Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan will be available in cinemas." And right, so yeah. in the UK, yeah. none. Like two of them over there. In the states, yeah. I don't know. Across three states, maybe four cinemas will have it. 
and William Shatner's going to yeah. turn up at one of them. As you say, Alex, why Ooh, don't do you they... like your odds on that? <laughs> yeah, why don't they just? Well, how can I pick the one say... he isn't turning up at? Exactly. Well, I don't know. Why don't Why don't they? I mean, they could. They could. the The amount of the you know the amount of back catalogue and the amount of money they would make, and the yeah, thing is the amount of the amount of stuff. Bloody screens. The amount of stuff you can put out. And as as cheap as it would be, it would be really cheap until the movie companies um, actually cottoned on to the fact that these people wanted to show old films and they started to up the prices. So, yeah, it would be it would be lovely if I could go and see all of the. I'd even go and see, you know, I'd even go and see the motion picture at uh, at the cinema, even though the 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 re-edited version is better. But yeah, I'd go and see all the Star Trek films. Um, I've I've seen uh, well I could list I've, you I've seen the original that I'd seen yeah, I'd, I'd love to see I've seen the original Star Wars trilogy at the cinema that was good um, I mean I suppose now with with the modern cinema as well as as they're all converting to digital you know you won't necessarily have the equipment if they've still got it all on the reels yeah you know? yeah yeah but how much is it to transfer so that's a, it to the reel it, it, it's to probably a better Probably a better price, yes, to do that conversion. I yeah, know. all of the popular stuff. Well, I'm sure there's someone been... with a back bedroom that can do it for you for a tenner. Yeah, all yeah. of the stuff, all of the stuff that's yeah. that's popular has been rescanned to a decent mm. uh, to a yeah. decent standard and made, you know, but that eight doesn't to sixteen k ready. <coughs> it doesn't have to be all singing or dancing. I mean, like you could go and see ten uh, twelve acting and angry men. You can go and see ten angry men and miss two. But you could go and see twelve angry men if you wanted. And who cares what the quality of the images? It doesn't need super high, you know, resolution. It's it's the film, it's the movie that matters. It's the story. It's the if you've never seen that, I would. There's certain films I would love to see for the first time the same as there's certain books i'd love to read again for the first time i can't believe i'm never going to get to read that for the first time or see for the first time you know there's certain episodes of certain tv shows i wish i didn't know because i'd love to see that again you know and it's oh there's so much i i could pick a hundred films that i would love to see in the cinema i reckon all of us could pick half a dozen off the top of our heads that we would love to have the opportunity to see in the cinema and most people would and if you don't make it expensive and make it a thing make it a thing reasonable that's all we ever want also make it an event you know i don't know like the what did they call it barbie heimer it became an event because it they publicized it in a way you know, even if you weren't interested in Barbie and Oppenheimer, the amount of people that went, because they made it a fashionable thing to want to go and see, right? Mm. Well, put some of your effort into making this things people want to go and see. You know, so what of the uh, the re-releases did you go and see last week, you know, at your, uh, I don't know, on your social media or on your water cooler moment or whatever. Make it a thing and people will be queuing up to see stuff. Mm. But I mean, do I've they have any idea? No, they don't. They just want to sit there yeah. and moan and say, well, Hollywood yeah. haven't made enough blockbusters. They have. They've made thousands of them. They're just not three months old. Uh, I mean, there's to a level where it's like, um, yeah, the film company is also moving around what they were going to be releasing next year anyway. I mean, Disney with Marvel, there's like one Marvel superhero film next year. That's, and that's, oh, that's probably goodness, a good thing, one. though. Yeah, probably say, a good uh, thing because it's saturation anyway. Yeah, can they do none for about five years and then we wouldn't uh, be sick of it and then we might go and watch one? Uh, I'll space them out thing. better is, 
is another whole other you know idea. But you know, the fact that yeah, they've got Deadpool three next year. I think that's it on the that side of things. You know, it's it's like yes, <laughs> it's like yeah. But they'll probably keep the series running. You know, but the films they're sort of holding back on, obviously because they they haven't got as much ready as they thought they would. Well, the actors are too busy owning Wrexham Football Club to do any work. So. Yes, I suppose they are. I suppose they are. Perhaps they could replace him with AI. <gasps> but apparently, wow. apparently the problems <laughs> there are problems lurking in Hollywood's historic AI deal. Uh, this story from Wired. Um, <clears throat> the terms negotiated by the uh, Screen Actors Guild with Hollywood Studios put historic AI guardrails in place, but they may not be able to protect performers. So not a, not everyone in Hollywood is happy with the film industry's historic AI deal. A provision allowing for the creation of digital replicas and synthetic performers could, critics argue, uh, decrease the number of jobs available to both performers and crew. This in turn could allow big-name stars and their AI-generated clones to feature in multiple projects at once, pushing out emerging actors as Hollywood becomes awash with synthetic performers. I call bull bull rubbish on this (laughs) i don't think i don't think ai at least not at the moment not yet ai is not able to produce the kind of stuff that's going to you know we're not going to be awash hollywood is not going to become awash with synthetic performers just yet give it a couple of years maybe but not yet yeah i say it's something where they they are looking probably a couple of years ahead of themselves aren't they yeah, but we've already got plenty of pathetic yeah. performers, so it seems like I suppose we have. Stage yeah. Yeah. But you've got to remember, you know, all these things, the whole, I mean, we did mention it in a, well, I mentioned it in a sort of, you know, a slightly sarcastic uh, way when we talked about this a month ago or whatever it was. The fact that, you know, they're talking a good game, but when it comes to it, the those that have the power and those that make the money are going to make the deal that best suits them. And basically what they've done, they're like, oh, we're in it together, we're in it together, and it's like, oh, we've got an opportunity here to pull up the ladder and screw everyone else, so we'll do that. Yes, we win. And it was always going to be that, because, the you know, the people that make the most money want to carry on making the most money. They didn't care about the up-and-coming people, and they didn't care about the extras, and they didn't care about any of those people. They just thought, well, I need to save my career, because as we mentioned, all of them think they're the greatest thing the greatest actor there and and those that don't recognize it just because they can't see their talent and they just they've done it they've signed a deal that said look basically you know you rich people are going to be okay you successfully wealthy powerful people you'd be all right but you know we might have to sort of push down on the others and they went yeah right just keep it quiet sign the deal let's get out of here and and uh, when by the time they realize what the actual deal means we'll still be rich and famous and and they'll just have to i don't know go work for View Cinema even though they haven't got much of a future because apparently there's no good films being made. I think I've made my point. Yeah, yeah. Don't have to I, agree with it. I, I think I've say, made it. <laughs> I would say at the moment the, the 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 genuine worry from a lot of AI stuff is probably in the in the um the voiceover space. Voiceovers and um uh, uh, what do you call it? Um, translations. 
you know like the yeah, like think- the automated translation stuff that i heard on the morning stream a few you know a couple of months ago or a month ago whatever it was they fed an episode uh, fed a, a section of an episode from a show into this thing it translated it into german it sounded sounded amazing because it was done in their voices yeah, I mean, that's fine i mean and- i get that but what will happen as these things actually become properly viable then there'll be restrictions put on it. You know, like, I don't know, driving licenses. You know, there was cars for 50 years before you need a license because it, there wasn't enough reason to need to, you know, protect it or protect people or whatever it happened to be, you know. It, it was all these things. Nothing ever happens. It's like, I don't know, the wild, 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 the wild west of the internet. And then say the world wild web. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but then social media came along. I mean, I haven't done a very good job, but they have tried to make some responsibility and some people culpable. I mean, they're nowhere near achieving it, but they didn't even bother looking at that until it became big enough to bother looking at. And so, you know, voiceovers and this, that and the other, It's it will get restricted and people will have to, you know, if you do something that sounds similar enough to someone else's voice um i mean there's a there's an episode of tony hancock uh, i might have been on the radio version where he'd gone to court because of he was doing some i think they were soap adverts or something and i mean this is not a real story it's, it's part of the, the show and the company that used him which obviously was probably run by sid james they decided to get a sound alike to just sound like Tony Hancock because it was much cheaper than how Tony Hancock to do the voiceovers, you know. And that's, you know, that's a comedy sketch from 50 years ago and that will be the reality soon. And they'll just have to put in some sort of restriction saying, you know, if somebody sounds or if the AI sounds enough like a famous person that you're trying to imply that it might be the famous person talking, then that isn't allowed it's plagiarism or or some sort of copyright you know maybe you can copyright a voice pattern or something you know you can do something that's vaguely but if it sounds too much like and it might make people thinking that you know tom hanks is doing the voiceover so therefore he's added his name to a product in that respect then it will be restricted but there won't be restrictions until it's powerful enough to need restrictions if that that makes any sense but i know what i'm trying to say Mm. it'd be like if you used a you know an ai face that looked like harrison ford and it wasn't harrison ford and harrison ford had nothing to do with it he would say no you're using something that is implying that it's my image that's that's what it'll take isn't it it'll be the big case whereas yes exactly but they'll just have to put in i was watching something with hannah fry it's yep. on the iPlayer, and it isn't. It isn't part of what I've been watching, even though I have been watching. No, not one of the Christmas lecture. No, things, it's it's, it? it's a it's a series she did, and I think there's a new series come out, which is why I saw the others. And and it's just like she just talks yeah. about modern marvels. I can't remember what the show's called, but one of them I watched was about it was about Alexa and Siri and all those sort of things. Oh, I wonder how many of yourself, but it was about those and how they work. And one of the things they were talking about is how the S lady used to sound like and how she sounds now and how and how 
the a person sounds and now how they sound and how the natural speaking has developed and then they did a demonstration of just using uh artificial learning or whatever they call it the neural engines machine learning to just take yeah just to take snippets of her voice because obviously it's around because she's done lots of lectures and tv shows just take bits of her voice it was like two minutes worth and synthetically talk as if it was her and this was probably a couple of years ago and i'll tell you what it was good it was really really I've, I've, i've just I've just found it on the iPlayer. It's the secret genius of modern life. There you go. And it was very, very good. And that's a couple of years ago. And we were talking about commercial stuff and not, you know, high-end whatever stuff. So, I mean, I I think Carl on one of his shows on his Mac thing, they were doing the – it's like an AI that you can put in someone's voice and it does. I think – I can't think who it was now. Um, Anyway, one one of the guys from – it was – I don't know if it was Gaz or um, I can't remember who it was. Well, I think it was. I think it was Gaz because it's also Gaz they've had on a couple of times. Yeah, recently, and, and isn't it? So, yeah, it was. It's yeah. one of the guys from there, and it just it's mm. it spoke in their voice, and I was like, that is really, you know, really uncanny, and um, you know, there's a few things, and you know, and that's that's out there now and that's just something you can play with on the internet i mean it might have been guy actually it might have been guy's american accent but I, it was so close that it was like whoa that's that's oh, scary i think it was a, a bit where you're doing an intro with both of them yeah maybe that's what it was then but so you're talking about voiceovers if you know it will get better and better and nuances will get better and better and that's where you've got problem that's where ai really will be a problem when you're you know you're just going to get sued out of existence if you use a voice and you won't you're you know you're not saying it is that person but there's a lot there's a guy that does voiceovers for the tv and does adverts that i always thought was david tennant and it turns out it's not david tennant it's a guy that does i don't know love island or something i've something i've never seen so i didn't know who it was but i always thought it was david tennant and i realized Actually, they probably couldn't afford David Tennant, so they've used this other. I think I know the. Yeah, I think I've heard heard that. So much like David Tennant, I wasn't. I was amazed it wasn't. Yeah, because he'd even got that little. Because he, you know, David Tennant is Scottish sort of accent mode as well. Yeah, well, and he does really sound like him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I. I, It wasn't until I saw. Oh, it's not him. That's amazing. But um, anyway, I don't know what we're waffling on about. But anyway, I think that's where the problem will arise with the AI. When it gets close, and it, I mean, it can get close, but someone's going to push the boundaries, aren't they? Someone's going to try it and see what happens. But then the only other thing is you're going to end up with more and more um, Indiana Joneses. You know, 30 years after Harrison Falls dead, he'll still be making Indiana Jones films because it wasn't the last one virtually AI anyway. It had some de-aging stuff in it. I know Carl didn't like that film. I was going to watch it and... Um and sort of uh, draw my own conclusion. But I haven't got round to it yet because there's too much. Well, that's because you can't see it in the cinema. If they no, put it in the cinema not. next month, you might go and watch it. Oh, I might do. I might do. Perhaps I'll watch it on Plex. Oh, you could do. do you just you could do d- that. Are you, are, you, are you digging my um, my um, my segues? I was going to jump from the first one to Plex because it, it would have worked, but then I decided not to. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Well, Plex is now a social media platform. 
for movie and TV fans, according to digitaltrends.com. Uh, Plex had uh, formally launched its Discover Together feature, kind of sounds like Pirate Together feature, uh, which turns the universal, easy for me to say, the universal media player app into something akin to Facebook for movie and TV lovers, complete with user profiles and the ability to discover, share, and comment on your friends' favourite flicks and shows. Anyone with a free Plex account can create a profile and immediately search for their friends or possibly make new ones on the Plex platform. This sounds like we're going to be out of a job soon. Well, let's hope so. (laughs) (laughs) I can't read things out quite as well as I used to be able to do about five years ago. Well, you just get an AI to do it, it'll be fine. I guess I could, yes. Yeah, Yeah, train one to your voice. It might have to be in German, though. Oh, you you just watch. You just watch. I'll have that. I'll have that prepared for next week. Yeah, yeah, and that'd be nice. Um, so, well, I don't know. I, I, first of all, enough of social media. You know, I mean, mm. if it does become sort of social media, all it's going to be is people arguing about why you're watching such rubbish. There's going to be absolutely no positivity within about two weeks, and people will be called Nazis because they don't like the same films as someone else is watching. And uh, it it did strike me because they they also had a I think they had a discussion about this on the one show this week the Linus Tech Tip oh, yeah, said the yeah. one show I was thinking, the one show yeah, <laughs> yeah I realised after you uh, said it but yeah and they you know their angle was it's like well it's it's not it's opt out if you don't want to be part of it it's like mm. but I can't see anything here that actually forcing you into it. to suggest that. <laughs> I'd rather be able to something you opt into rather than opt out because there was a thing about oh, it can send out a digest of what you've watched on Plex this week and things like that to people, Ooh. even though they say they don't record <laughs> you know, what you're watching and so on. Oh, I don't like the sound of that. That mm. doesn't sound. That doesn't sound. Cursive. That is the. Uh, I, I can't see an indication of that in this particular article, but yeah. I mean that that was um, a take on the on the one show you know, I mean, that they if, had. It's. A privacy angle I agree with on. Yeah. It's, yeah. No, it's not. If it's opt-in, then fine. But if it's by default and you have to opt out, then... Ugh. I mean, let's let's say if Alex uses this, then we'll be able to find out exactly how many times he's watched the uh, the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes films. And I think it's going to be very embarrassing for him. Well, I, I think you'd be amazed. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'll give you a clue. Oh, yes? It's... it's <laughs> Not as high as three. Oh, right. It's got to right. know in it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's probably not as high as zero. No, it has to be as high as zero. <laughs> it, I mean, I don't know. Can you do percentages of, of one? Is that allowed? I mean, are we allowed to go for five or six minutes? <laughs> well, you could. I'm sure it's much better than cats. It is. It is. In fact, I can. I can. I mean, one day it. I will sit there. I'll probably drink enough to get through the first 10 minutes. <laughs> I will. Drink enough. Maybe I'll do it at Christmas. If things are really going badly and I still haven't got a kitchen, I'll sit down whilst I'm crying in the middle of what should be my kitchen and put a telly on. And I'll put it on and think, right, you know, I I can get through this. It'd be like one of those red drops. Please stop saying we're going to keep, we're going to get through this. I mean, I'm sure it's great. Loads of people tell me it was brilliant. Oh, well, that's actually just you and Carl. It's really, it is really good. It's really, it's really good. So you're going to be instead of driving home for Christmas this year, you'll be driving yourself over the edge for Christmas this year. Well, that's, yeah. that's standard. Isn't yeah, it? 
Nice. I'm, I'm, try, I'm trying to think now what you know, what Netflix and so on consider a watch, and you know how far you have to get into it, and whether you've already broken that or not. <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah. The the thing is, right, you're going back to the play. I I could be honest. I don't give a damn what anyone else is watching. I mean, absolutely yeah. don't. I mean. All I'd like to know is if if you have Plex or I don't care if you've got Netflix or whatever, right? If you've got a means to watch something, all that I'd like to know is you've watched things that have given you pleasure. I'd like to Plex, know that because I'd like to know that you're happy. And that is the beginning and end of my interest in anything else. Mm. Unless you watch something and go, oh, do you know what? I think Alex would like that. And then you give me a message Maybe through this, yeah. what might be nice is I, I could watch something. I mean, I don't know because you have to own the stuff in the first place to watch it. But I could say, oh, I watched this film and via the app rather than via all the 700,000 other meth methods we got to communicate with each other, via the app I could say, I watched this and I really enjoyed it and I think you might because you've got a vague interest in this type of thing as well because sometimes over the years I've sort of messaged you all going you know I'm sitting here with nothing to watch tonight and I think or this has just popped up on my screen as a suggestion do you reckon I like it and I've asked you that over the years but you know we communicate like like normal human beings if you don't over necessarily podcasts, do yeah. that yeah. or you don't know but you don't know anyone but somehow you've got friends which i don't actually know how you get friends on plex because i don't i've no idea don't do you know how you get friends on um plex? I'm, I'm not entirely sure i mean i know you can share libraries and, and so on um Sounds i'm assuming dodgy. you'd have to have, have someone as a at least a contact for that yeah. are, you, are you advocating yeah. uh media piracy there tone well no because you can you can upload your own media can't you yeah your family videos, there are family Well, that is true. Not I, actually, I, I must video. be one of the really boring people yeah. that have that, actually. <laughs> my mum wanted to watch my wedding video a few months ago, and my brother was going around, so I said, can you put Plex on something for her? And he, he didn't know what I was talking about, but I talked him through it. And then, I think, I don't know how, she, he sent me yeah, something just, from her machine, or something of mine, and she yeah, could you, watch... you set a source, source Yeah, she said, whatever. she yeah. watched my wedding video. What's yeah. the cover art so for it, your wedding video? I think it's just a still. It just pulls it out. Um, in fact, I think can, it's a still of me and my wife that. actually standing there, her yeah. in a dress, and me in a suit. That's the yeah, days I, where I, I could still I do it. Oh. <laughs> I think it does have that smart feature now, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it just pulled. You right, it just made one. Or you can bring in your own image if you want. Mm, yeah. No, it just picked a frame, and it just happened yeah. to be a frame that actually made sense of the occasion you should run it through some you should run it through some ai image generation so it does that thing where it it, it rips off a bunch of artists and it mangles their signatures into the bottom right hand corner and you oh, have a, some, a really nice stylized image of from your, yeah, with um, a scroll from your wedding x day. in the corner yeah, yeah or yeah, i yeah. could i could like get ai and really cheer my wife up by having my robert downey jr's ted superimposed on mine in the vet wedding video that would probably make her day yes there we go <laughs> complete with all the movements and on the video side of it yeah exactly and lip sync <laughs> but he'd have to play in german just to, you know. the amount the amount of tools that we have the amount of tools we have using ai these days the amount of tools that we have from ai uh, i mean we're going to be able to come up with some really ridiculous rubbish aren't we Really, really ridiculous. Yeah, but I have got a fundamental yeah. hatred of AI in, in one respect. Just why? Why? I, I mean, I suppose that's <laughs> it. Why? Question mark. 
there's skills in the world that are fun to learn. They're rewarding to learn, you know. They're, you know, especially with images and with writing and this, that and the other. There's a joy in education. There's a joy in achievement. There's a joy in learning. And it really, really has got to the stage. It's like, well, I can't be bothered to learn that. Just click a button. And it's like, where is the joy in clicking that button? Where is the joy in the image that you've created or the, the sentence that's been written? And, yeah, okay, there might be moments in time, you know, you've got professional reason to use it. You might be trying to work out some bit of coding that if you sat down long enough, you'd be able to figure it out or you could look it up in a book or you could do this and the other. So why not ask AI because it's a very simple solution for what you're doing. But you're not trying to be creative. You're just trying to get the answer. You're trying to get the answer to a technical question. And that's fine, okay? That's not a that's not a bad thing, and it's a good use of it. But if you want to write a story, if you want to, I don't know, create an image, you want to, you know, be artistic in any way, shape, or form, there is a joy in art of creation. There's a joy in learning how to create. You know, uh, the, you know, there's, there's so much that is just being thrown out the window for laziness and do you know what not everyone should be able to create because if if all you're doing is clicking a button then that isn't creation that i, I don't know what it is. i can't even think what it is it might as well be i tell you what here's a here's an analogy that will appeal to tone especially it's like when i is it tone the like start what's the one star trek or i think you both do don't you yes yes i think we do is the few episodes when they say, no, I want some real food. I don't want it from the replicator. Mm, right? yeah. And to me, it's the difference between having a real food or having it from a replicator. You know, it's the difference between having orange squash or fresh squeezed orange. You know, one is just, uh, I don't know, one's an artificial version of the other. And it's it a hasn't... microwave meal or a, yeah. Yeah, a exactly. You know, it's, you know, take the packet off. And okay, very occasionally, time, this, that, and the other. But it shouldn't be your first resort. It's a, it's and a it's tool, not, tool that should be used in certain yeah, but it's circumstances. Just, it it yeah. will. I mean, I don't yeah. say this because I'm like, oh, well, you know, everyone should learn how to do it. I think people, the joy of, the pleasure of creation you know, like when there's like you got these AIs ripping the bits bits of music and putting them together and creating something. Okay, the outcome, the output might be fine. I don't really care, but the joy of that creation in the first place, the joy of learning how to play an instrument, the joy of playing instruments in front of people, and the terror of it, but the success mm. you feel once you've done it. You know, the mm. joy of playing a guitar and having achieved to the point where you can play something that somebody else enjoys. It is enormous joy. I mean, everything I've ever learned creatively has been a slog. But when I've managed to, even like computer programming, I remember when I was about 10 and I got my first computer and we're talking about 1980-odd. It might be 1979, something like that. In basic and Yeah, yeah. But I remember, yeah. The, I remember writing yeah. my first 10-line piece of rubbish right and calling my mum into the room and showing her and i was blown away proud of myself and she was blown away proud of me even something like that i mean you you know 
you write, you're a coder, Russ. There must have been that time when you first wrote something and it worked. And that I'm still joy, waiting for that day, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> but the joy of creation, whatever the creation is, is is stunning. It is, no, it is, good. It is it, it the is point good. of doing it, it in the first place. Sorry, I'm going off on one, and I didn't think I would. But it's that is the point of it, not the result. You know, and and you're losing that, and it will get to the stage. I mean, it's like this education thing, and I can't remember where I read it. It was something like fifty percent of students have now admitted that they've got AI to do their homework at some point. Well, that subject might as well not be taught to that child. Well, not even a child, are they? It might as well not be taught because the whole point is not that you will remember everything that was ever taught to you, but it's teaching you how to learn. And if you're not even doing that tiny part of the education system, I mean, nothing, oh, nothing. 95% of everything I ever learned at school I haven't got a clue what it was. I read back things that I occasionally find, and I like, I didn't write that, did I? I don't even understand it. I know it's my handwriting. I have no idea what that means. And I wrote it. And so at some point, I even understood what I was writing. And I was before you could cheat, you know. And it's like, what's the point of education if you're not even going to do that basic part of it? Just so you can get an A, and but what you've you haven't achieved anything because you're going to be in really big trouble when you've actually got to go out in the world. I mean, you might cheat at your computer science homework and end up being a, I have no idea what people do, an architect, anything. I'm just trying to think of something that isn't computer science, which is a little bit architecture. But anyway, you know what I mean? But it's not the fact that you cheated on your computer science. It's the fact that you cheated yourself in the learning process. And that's where you're going to fall down. And that's where IA is going to absolutely, you know, we talk about, oh, kids are this, that, and the other because of social media. Their, their, their ideas of the world are really, really warped because they're not getting a, in quote, normal upbringing anymore. They're being brought up by almost social media pressure group committees. Um, you know, in the old days, you had peer pressure at school. You came home. It was a safe place. And you it went here, it was a safe place. Yeah. You know, it was all different. And can you imagine now that even the stuff going into their head, their learning, their creativity, the the things that we did growing up, even Russ, who's a whippersnapper, right? I mean, Tone's a whippersnapper too, but not so much of so. The things that we did to make the rest of our lives when they weren't good, bearable, even that's been taken away. And... I am really, I, I, I absolutely mean this wholeheartedly. I am really, really, really worried for the future. Not, I mean, not all oh, these people are going to be terrible, this, that, and the other. But in a funny way, we are messing with something that we have no idea what the outcome is going to be. In the same way social media has turned out to be a really big problem, whether you want to admit it or not, it really has done. And the way all facts and all news stories and everything else. There is no such thing as a truth anymore. It doesn't matter. There is no such thing as a fact anymore. It does not matter. People decide what they want the outcome to be and they search for the facts that match that. Okay? It's nonsense. And AI is going to contribute really big time to that in creativity, in, in all sorts of ways that we have no idea what that damage is going to be yet. And I know people are going, oh, well, you, you know, you don't know this. You're, you know, you're overdoing it and all the rest of it. But all I can say is 
some of the things in my life that have kept me sane are the things that AI are going to allow people not to do anymore. And that is, I don't know what the long-term effect of that is. So I'm very sorry to rant, but it's something that I really, really feel strongly for. Yeah, yeah. There's, I'll tell you, the, the thing that worries me about it mostly, especially with development, you know, when I use it, I know that sometimes if I ask you to, if I ask you a question just because I need something done, you know, something's going to take me an hour. I need this thing to write it in a couple of seconds just so that I can, you know, save some time. But I know that if it produces something which is, it's like, well, that's not going to work. That's rubbish. The hell's that supposed to mean? But there will be young people who will think, well, the, the AI has said it, and so it is. So obvious, yeah, that, that lack of uh, proofreading it. Uh, yeah, but it's yeah, also, because that's I the social know. media effect. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, it will tell you that that is the answer, so therefore that is yeah. the answer. Yeah, but it's the, it's it's the AI that's telling, it's the AI and that's also telling you with the answer. Those... And and if you and the thing is, if you're not if you're not careful with these things especially especially with development with coding and coding on 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 the web and in fact anywhere you can open yourself up to god knows how many um you know security vulnerabilities because it's it's come up with something that's that's just complete complete rubbish because it's it's great the wrong thing if if ai is doing it algorithmically from the best information it can get the best information it can get will be the information that is repeated the most, right? So if AI is producing rubbish, right, and that rubbish is then being used X, Y, Z, that rubbish then becomes the de facto answer for AI to go and get the information from. And it's reinforced. And, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like Wikipedia with no yeah. corrections. Yes. I mean, yeah. also, Gar- you ever, garbage you ever in, garbage out, literally. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, also, if you're if you're relying on the AI, will use a set, you know, base of knowledge. Where's the innovation that you, know, you would get with a human code? You know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you it leads to you know, it leads to stag, stag, um, stagnation. You, I mean, you only have to look at the AI generators for that. They're not coming up with anything new. All they're doing is just no. mixing stuff up, and some of it looks impressive. And it's well, yeah. But I've seen fifty other pictures that look like that today. Yeah, yeah. Hit and miss. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it's the same with music, isn't it? How's music gonna evolve if the evolution is just? an algorithm looking at what's come before. You know, basically music, inventivity, inventivity, I might have made a new word up. (laughs) See, I'm not AI, I've just made up a new word. Inventiveness, it comes from breaking the rules. You know, we all, you know, if you learn music and if you learn music as a, a technical thing, you know all the ways supposedly to prepare an an arrangement of notes in an order, right? And then the genius comes along, and the genius of the genius is being able to break those rules and still make it work. That's the genius. I mean, in my daily job, I, you know, without blowing my own trumpet, I am seen as a world leader in the part of the arts and photography I work for. You know, people all around the world want my work okay um it's a small you know it's a small part of an industry so it's not like there's 100 million people doing the same thing right 
But of the people that do it, I'm sought after. And, and it's taken me 30 years to get to this point. Why I have that is over the years, I've walked into situations where the general, you know, the general consensus would be it can't be done. And, you know, when I first started, I was like, well, I'm told it can't be done. And then I'd start, I, I wouldn't do it and start, I'd go home and I'd just think about it because I am a relatively deep thinker. And I think about, if I did that, I wonder what would happen. And the next time it came up, I'd say, oh, look, it can't be done. Just let me try this. Oh, yeah, that's that's something. And over the years, there's practically nothing that I've been told that can't be done that I haven't managed to do. And it's just because I've bent the rules, but I've bent the rules because I know the rules and I know them inside yeah. and out. And I've bent them a little bit thinking, actually, that, that does work but, to an extent. And if I did that mm. instead of that, that would make yeah. that work perfectly. And that is the art of creation. And you're yeah. never going to get that. Yeah. And surely you've also had those moments where it's like, okay, I thought of a new way to do this and yeah. it's failed. But that's the point. You have failures on the way. But it's, you don't, I, you don't I, consider I everything you, a success. Yeah. There's 90% of everything I've achieved in my life are because of the failures I've made. And I've never let a failure go, oh, I'm not bothering with that. I'm desperate to know why it didn't work. Absolutely desperate to know. It drives me insane until I go, it didn't work because of this. And then I have a eureka moment because I've worked out why it didn't work. It's like you're coding. You don't learn anything particularly by doing it the right way it's when it doesn't work and you figured out why it doesn't work then you come up with something almost genius all the time because you've now made it work but you only made it work because it was broken and that is how you create and you're taking that away and you take that away you are creating a hell of a problem i mean it's not a problem now because everyone that's using ai over a certain age now are using it but they've done their apprenticeship if you like you know, but if you've never done that apprenticeship and all you're doing is the AI, mm. I, I honestly, I am terrified. And I know people say, well, you're overreacting. Well, please mark my words because you're taking for granted people moving forward with the knowledge that you've already got. If they haven't got the knowledge that you've got, if you like, as your, your backup knowledge and all they've got is this artificial knowledge, then we're in trouble. Well, I didn't think that was going to turn into that conversation. I think we started off talking about Plex. I have no idea I, how that happened. I, it's go. going to be a conversation we will be having for the next... Well, oh. that's if the robots haven't taken over, because yeah. we might not be having any conversations. Or oh, we will, but they'll all be artificial, and there'll yeah. be a computer making up my voice. Indeed. Indeed. Well, you never know. You might you might appear as a German next week. Although I'd have to I get your permission be. if I want to use that tool. So. Well, I don't, well, use it straight away, and I yeah. won't have... There won't be well. There won't be any courts to sue me anyway. So I, 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 I dread to sort of let you loose with um, text to speak and your. <laughs> oh, oh! I, I tell you what, I did. I tell you, I did once. I had, um, you know, there's built in on macOS. There's a built in um, say yeah, command speech, on the yeah. on the terminal. You can just say yeah, say yeah. and then put whatever you want it to do. Yeah, um, I use it all the time, and I can't be bothered to read long emails. Yeah. Yeah, so you just type it in, type stuff into the terminal. So what I had a um, few few years ago when um, my head of um, head of IT at work, we were all working from home. I I he he'd said, "Oh, can you can you try and remote desktop into this new Mac Mini that we've got for you?" I said, "Yes, I, I will." 
and what I, and, and it was sat on his desk and I was just installing some stuff and I and I thought to myself, yeah, I know what I'm going to do. So I turned it up full I, I turned it up full blast. <laughs> I just typed say hello something like that in the real in the real low pitch sort of really nasty distorted um monster slash robotic voice. <laughs> Texted me back. Texted me back on Teams saying you bastard. <laughs> Did I ever tell you yeah, when yeah. Uh, Alexa first came out? And I, I mean, still, I've still got my first. You know, it's about eight inches tall. It's a a tube. Oh, it's at the right. Pringles cans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like that. It had the best tone of all of them. Right, lovely, lovely tone. I mean, it was you know, it was a lost leader. So it was you know. It was about 100 quid. It cost them about 300 pounds to make them. But anyway, I've still got it because I like it. Anyway, when it first came out, my son, my son, well, my eldest son, he was at university and he was bored one day. Right. And so Spotify, you could link it to Alexa's. I didn't know you had to be in the same place. So what he did, he put, on his phone, on his phone in the lecture, he put on Spotify, he turned it up to full volume, he set it to the Alexa next to my office, and he put in Slipknot or something, and he played, he knew I'd be sitting there quietly working, and uh, my thing went off full, and they were loud, it was proper loud, right? And I literally jumped off my chair, and about 30 seconds, I just got a text with a smiley face, and I thought, yeah. yeah. I mean, I had, to, I had to applaud his evil genius, but I didn't even know it did that, and he threw me off my chair from his university lecture. It was spectacularly naughty, but incredibly funny and clever. I can talk about it now because my palpitations have finally dissipated after I don't know how many years. But yeah, it was it was a it was a thing of genius because I I it was Alexa was new, so how he knew how to do that I don't know. But it was it was a, it was a, I I did applaud him just after I slapped him around the top of his head. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I do prefer yours because you did it to your boss, though, so it's even funnier. He's not my boss; he's my head of IT. Okay, right. just so that we got so that. You clear. must be the head of the head, or equal head. Of I'm head of development, else. so <laughs> yeah, different department. <laughs> different yeah. departments. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see. So, yeah. if you get taken away by the police, are you arrested? Development. I am arrested. Development. That was terrible. Yeah, Everyone was, told me yeah. it was brilliant. What it, an awful show! Yeah. Right, that's back to the airwaves then. <laughs> Oh dear! Right, what have we been watching slash reading slash listening to? Question mark. Alex, would you like right. to go first? Right. Let's. I'm not going to talk about any of you. Although uh, you did say you that. did everyone's say earlier, that. you did say earlier that you, you don't you didn't care what anyone had been listening to or watching or whatever. You, no, I don't. About no. no, I didn't want to talk over all the things that we've all watched because okay. uh, you might as well do that. I've oh, watched Bosch Legacy season mm-hmm. two on. Amazon, I think. I yeah, was going to give it a big build-up, and then I couldn't remember. It's on Freebie, it isn't it? <laughs> yes, it's on Freebie. And I know you don't like the adverts, but I've got to admit, either Freebie doesn't work properly, or the adverts <laughs> don't watch work properly. <laughs> right. But I think the first episode, I had like a 30-second advert in the middle. And the rest of them, I, I think there was an advert, but it was like one of those five-second things you get on YouTube. And I was like, I oh, was that an advert? All oh, right, and and that was it. It really didn't interfere with my watching whatsoever. To the extent I wasn't sure I'd seen an advert anyway. Um, how do I put Bosch Legacy season two? There was a big cliffhanger in Bosch Legacy season one, 
And I'm calling it season because that's what the Americans do, and it is an American thing, so I won't be using the word aluminum, though. Um, the cliffhanger, and it was a good cliffhanger, and uh, it got resolved. And that's all I'm going to say, because I was like, is that it? Well, that's a bit, hmm? It's like, it was such a good cliffhanger that it could have been really, really, really well done. And it was one of those that built it up, built it up, built it up and gone, oh, how the hell do we end this without having to make it a 14-hour long episode? I know, but just do that. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, because that's exactly what would happen. I'm not going to spoil it, but I was just like, what a waste of a really good opportunity. It's like they'd lost their way halfway through writing it and gone, oh, well, let's just end it here because uh, do we just need to sort this bit out so we can move on? And that was I don't know, really quite annoying, actually. That sounds disappointing. Um, it was, but it's one of those things with arcs and stuff. And it didn't detract from a very good series or season. I got to get my terminology right. Uh, I enjoyed it. I had to get over the disappointment of the not using the cliffhanger as well as it could have been. But, you know, once, once that was over, it, you know, there was good stories. They, they, you know, they flowed. It worked really well. It's a really well-written thing. And what looks quite nice in this series that the, um, they had characters that they didn't have in Bosch Legacy 1 that came from Bosch. And they had those, I mean, they were like cameos. Well, they played themselves, but only you know briefly to do with one particular part of the story. But they did come back, and that was really nice. It was good to see certain characters back again. That well, the old chief know. of police made a cameo, didn't he? In one, one of the yeah, oh, that was quite sad, wasn't it? Because yeah. he's gone now, isn't he? Is. he? Yeah. Um, and the girl that played his girlfriend, and uh, I, I feel terrible when I can't remember names, but especially when they've died. But his girlfriend in. Bosch, who was a policeman, a policewoman, she died as well. Annie Versh, Annie Wershing, Wershing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and I can't remember the chief of police name. He's really good though, wasn't he? Yeah, no, he was really good. He was in um, he was in the what's it series? Uh, Lance Reddick, that's his name. Yeah, that's his name. No, I've seen him in a few things before. Oh yeah, he was in a lot of stuff. And he's a good, he's good, but you know they're both gone, and of course they mentioned them at the beginning as they should. But yeah, I mean, I. I did enjoy it. I was looking forward to it because I, I didn't know it was coming and I sort of saw it and went, oh, my word, oh, my word, oh, my word. And I watched it and I was like, yeah, this was worth watching. The cliffhanger annoyed me because it could have been more. But, you know, once that was over and done with, I was like, okay, move on. And it was all good. I mean, the cliffhanger wasn't bad. It's just it could have been so much more. That was all. Okay, so it, it's definitely worth a watch, even if you don't like adverts. I have, on uh, Carl's recommendation, because I really enjoyed King of Tulsa, he said, watch Mayor of Kingstown, which is written by the same person. And I've got four or five episodes in, but I think it might be too violent for me. Um, it's just, it's just too negative. You know, for me, it's just too negative. I get, I get the point and I get the sort of similarities but whereas the king of tulsa had comedy you know it was a bit of violence but it wasn't gratuitous it had something to break it up yeah and and it had a more running story the mayor of kingstown i i don't know if i'll continue with it um for me it's just it was too much 
you know I, I just found it you know literally too much i mean the story is good and you know everyone's acting is fine but just generally i was like i think it's because of the the king of tulsa had enough about it to you know the the limited violence was part of the story but it was a, a side issue whereas this this is purely about yeah basically it's a it's a town that is just full of prisons that's sort of the reason the town exists and <clears throat> you know everyone that work, lives in the town has something to do with the prisons and the mayor seems to run he's a mayor i don't even know if he's officially a mayor i can't i couldn't tell you i don't think he is right i think it's a sort of self-awarded title and it, it's like being a a mob boss for want of a better word but he's bossness is purely that he controls what goes on in the prison he controls the guards he controls you know everything that goes on in the town but it's all done you know with corrupt policemen and corrupt cis and corrupt corrupt this and you know if someone needs something done he gets it done by you know allowing one set of prisoners some advantage or one set of guards an advantage and it, it's it, it's it's too unpleasant to warrant, or rather, it's a good thing, but it's a good program. It, for me, it's too unpleasant to warrant the story. <clears throat> It'd have to be the world's best story to put up with all the other stuff. And I just found it really sort of wearing me down. I understand why it is good, and it is well-written, and it is clever, and maybe it's just my mood, but there is nothing at all light-hearted about it in any way, shape or form. And, it, and, you know, you could watch it as a film and you go, that was interesting and walk away. You know, I like someone like everyone, apart from me, loves the Shawshank Redemption, you know. But, you know, you wouldn't want to watch that as a 10-part series. It would it would be too much. No, it'd absolutely grind you down, wouldn't it? <laughs> anyway, so that it was a disappointment because I, I can see why it's good. Because it is good. I can see why it's good. But I did find it, it was just, it was too much. Anyway, I mean, the whole family, the whole thing is, you know, there's nothing, there's nothing to, there's no antidote is the word I think I'm trying to look for. Anyway, okay, so I won't discuss this week's Doctor Who because of you've, we've all watched it and, you know, you've all written it down, so I'll allow one of you to bring it up. Uh, but something, I don't know what made me look at it, something... It might have been, I don't know, some obscure channel on telly. And I saw a, a bit of uh, a tenant, Aggie Man, Doctor Who. And I just went, that's what Doctor Who should be. And I'd sort of forgotten about it, you know. And I carried on watching the episode I was watching. And I thought, no, I'm going to go back to that series and watch it. And wow, wasn't it good back then? It was the good. The stories were yeah. good. The actors were good. The, the their relationship was, it was it was grown up. You know, it wasn't just some kid trying to be Doctor Who's assistant. I mean, she's a, you know, fifth year doctor, you know, or whatever. You know, she's not completely trained yet, which was important as part of the story. And uh, you know, it, it was a proper. You know, she didn't. You know, she wasn't just some girl working in a clothes shop that ended up being 
oh, well, all of a sudden she's a genius and she can save the world. You know, this was somebody, I don't know, the foil for each other was perfect. And her family relationship with him was brilliant. And, you know, her morals were, they were just, everything about those characters was spot on. And they really seemed to play really well together. You know, everything about it was just proper Doctor Who. And I'd forgotten what proper Doctor Who was. And I watched it and I thought, that's why I used to like Doctor Who. That's why I enjoyed it. And I've watched a few of the Doctor Whos from the start. There was something I saw, and I did watch it, and I'm not sure why, is they'd colourised the first and second maybe episodes of Doctor Who back from the 60s. Oh, they have, haven't they? Yeah, and I don't all... know how that came up. It might have been yeah. to do with watching this on iPlayer and somehow, you know, where it links to other things. I think it's all part of the anniversary, isn't it? Yeah, it was they put weird. a lot of stuff on. Mm. Yeah, they have put a lot they of stuff look, on yeah. there for that. Yeah, Colorized but it was so stuff weird. Because I, uh, <laughs> I watched, what did I watch? A Tony Hancock in colour the other day. And my brain just went, why have you done this? And I tell you what was really odd. I started watching that, and then it went on to the blood donor in colour. I turned it off. I lasted about five minutes. and was thinking, for some reason, I don't like this. I don't know why. I just thought, no, 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 you're spoiling the blood donor. I can't watch it. I think it was a 12 Angry Men episode I did watch, and there's some of the one-liners in that are some of the best one-liners ever written in any single episode of any programme ever written in humankind. So it didn't matter. It was colour. You know, it was sensational. You know, the um, the Magna Carta, did she die in vain? You know, that type of thing. It's just it's fantastic. And it's like a five-minute speech. It's just brilliant. Anyway, but I watched the Doctor Who in colour. It was just, what was, I suppose what was good is because it was colour, it made the quality of the picture even worse. And the models that were really, really bad in black and white you put them in colour because then you've got a bigger definition between edges. <laughs> it was yeah. like, wow, this is Tracy worse. Island from Blue Peter all over. But it was so bad, it was actually quite enjoyable for how bad it made it look. Uh, but that was fun. That was quite interesting. But um, interesting rather than uh, good. It's so much better in black and white. Anyway, but that's because the technology wasn't there to film it in the quality you need for colour. And colour shows up. It's like high definition. High definition shows up how poor film sets are and TV sets. Well, you know, times that by 10. That's what happened with the Doctor Who in colour. Anyway, so that that was actually quite interesting. And uh, for some reason, again, I have no idea. I started watching Ripper Street from the beginning. And again, it's one of these things when that's proper television. I'm sort of glad they ended it because there's four series and the last series it done off it again done off it got it got gory for the sake of being gory because I think they were running sure. out with clever storylines. I'm not sure it was gory. It was just it was just getting really. It was just I mean you they really were pushing you know um, what's his name Reed as far down as he possibly as he possibly could go of course leaving leaving behind the um the the true character of of Edmund Reed who was nothing like the um <laughs> the character in the uh in in Ripper Street but was that was that the season where it was picked up by Amazon as a sort of to finish yeah, it got, it got yeah. yeah he got he got funny yeah I'll tell you what I was just like watching again 
That mm. was really no. I don't know how many seasons. I was watching Whitechapel. Uh, yeah, Whitechapel. Mm. Right. Watching that again, and again, that was another one where I went, "Yes, that that is that that's television. That's proper television again." And it's funny because both of these, I don't know, I can't remember what the trigger to start watching them was. The first time round, they were mind-blowingly extraordinary. Both of those series, actually, I didn't. I forgot to write down Whitechapel. They were white. They were mind-blowingly good. A bit like um, Ashes to Ashes, or Life on Mars, and then Ashes to Ashes. It was that level of brilliance. And um, I swear, I, there's been a couple of things in the last few years, and I don't mean to go all oh, television's rubbish because it it isn't. There are a few things that come on, but those Ripper Street and Whitechapel, I would say they were they were seminal genres of tv and in 50 years to come people will still be watching them probably on their plex or via ai i don't know how that'll work but those two things will still be going but yeah i mean if you've never watched ripper street or i'd say even better if you've never watched Whitechapel, do yourself a favor just get hold of it from wherever you can it's probably on Britbox. i don't know but do watch it because of uh Actually, I'd say Whitechapel is probably better of the two. I, I don't know why I didn't mention Whitechapel. I'd say Whitechapel is the better of the two. And that was another one that lost its way in the end. But it had to sort of lose its way to be able to end it because they had to come up with a, an explanation why all these things happened in one place. And the only way they could do that was to um, write some stri- slightly strange final episodes. But, yeah... Actually, yeah, I'm going to put them in order. Whitechapel 1 and Ripper Street 2. And I never thought I'd do that because Ripper Street was one of my favourite televisual... I think it's because they did the, you know, the 18... Whatever it was, 1888, was it? I think... was it? Yeah, it was about that, wasn't it? Or 1890s. I think they did that so well. Well, it was the start of the... It was the start of the police wasn't it the met the the london police force yeah, or something wasn't it? yeah it sort of it was it was when the city police and the london and the metropolitan police sort of stopped fighting each other and became a force that cooperated but um you know that was done it was done particularly well actually but as a modern thing i suppose i never even thought about this because obviously ripper street and whitechapel are set in exactly the same place a hundred and something years apart. Mm. You know, it never even occurred to me. <laughs> oh, wow. Spooky. Yes. But anyway, that's yes. what I've been doing. I have been reading stuff. Um, I couldn't find that final red book, red book, red dwarf book, and it drove <laughs> me so mad. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I ordered the paperback, and when the paperback arrived, I said, I can't have this paperback. So also I ordered the hardback. So at the moment, I've got a paperback version, a hardback version, and I know on my shelf somewhere I've got another hardback version. I just couldn't find it. So if anyone wants a copy of... Uh, I don't even know what, what it was. If anyone wants a copy... Of, oh, I've just stuck them under one of the kitchen cabinets because I needed to prop it up. Uh, when I'm finished propping up the kitchen cabinets, I've got three copies of the same book, so if anyone wants one or two of them, they can have it. Well, in, well, in 2047, when Alex's, um, Alex's kitchen is finally finished, then yeah. somebody... No, no, no. This is bits of the old kitchen that I... Oh. I I forgot that I'd pulled the front feet off of one of the cabinets. Bits of, bits of the kitchen that you'd forgotten that you had or forgotten you were Well, that's in the bottom of the skip and it can stay there because I can't Fair be enough. bothered. Fair enough. So right. Anyway, that's what I've done with my Red Wolf books. They're propping up a broken kitchen cabinet. Nice. nice. 
Tone, what's on your no, list? That's it. Sorry, sorry, Tone. Yeah. I just wanted yeah. to say um, that was it. Well, to, to start off my list, I found one on, uh, thing on Amazon Prime called uh, 007, The Road to a Million. Ooh. It's um, using the James Bond you know, franchise licensing and all this, uh, but it's basically... Uh, Sort of a game show that's sort is of this happening the thing, around the world. Is this the thing that look? I I think I saw this on Amazon last night. I saw a cover cover for it. Is this got Brian Cox in it? Yes, yeah, so and he's like the control. Um, I mean, I mean, to be fair, if I hadn't seen his picture, I, you could have convinced me it was uh, Piers Brosnan as he is now, you know, doing it. And it, you because know, he, he, but yeah, he's he, he obviously Brian Cox. He's going to ham it up as this controller. Uh, but yeah, it basically they send nine, I think it was, couples, you know, pairs of people, you know, on little uh, challenges. And they end up doing th- everything set in somewhere where they've either filmed Bond or it could be a, you know, Bond location um, you know, for rising prizes. So I think they start out with just a couple of thousand, you know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, I mean, there's, there's been other series like it for sure and... A lot of the things, because it's following the people as they have to find a, a briefcase to answer a question and things like this. It's got all these little gadgets in that could almost be Bond-like as well. Um, the music, fantastic, but it's... You know, the the actual reality element is it's about as real as you know, sort of when they used to do the Top Gear races and things like that. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> um, nice. But it was... I did find it. I'm seven episodes in out of eight, so they're getting to the big money now. And it's you know, nine couples started, you know, nine pairs. Um, I think there's only three left going into that one. Um, and yeah, I mean, they've had everything from they've had challenges in the middle of Brazil, where you know, somebody had to climb a mountain to you know to sort of oh, and that's where we'll find a hundred thousand question. You know, oh, God, um, sounds you know, expensive. Sounds like yes. Challenge Annika. Yeah. Yeah, on, on, a, on, a, on a hell of a higher budget, yeah. yeah. What's Challenge Annika yeah, on helicopter. speed? <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, one of my notes I did write down for it, it's like um, almost like Taskmaster on steroids. <laughs> yeah, that sort of thing, but it's, you know. Sorry, you keep notes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it, it was just a one random thought about this thing. Oh, it was like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, don't, don't, like, please don't be professional. You're making the rest of us look terrible. Tell me about it. But no, it's um like I say it's there's elements I found cheesy, but they work in this setting with it being the Bond theme as well. You know. Well, if you can't be cheesy and it be Bond, there's no point in doing exactly. it. Exactly. And like I say, yeah, Brian Cox himself, he he's hamming it up. He's he's you can tell he's having a great time doing it. Oh, good luck to him. I mean, what's he, he got he, in his life? Good looks, money, beautiful <laughs> me, wife. Talent, brain. This, I mean, this what is else, the actor is, Brian what else Cox, has he way, got? Not, it's a bit like the Romans, he is. He really is. Uh, it's, it's the actor Brian Cox, to be clear. Not oh, the, that's a shame. Oh, he's quite good as well, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> he hasn't got as many leather jackets. Uh, and he was never in a band. That's, I think that's debate. <laughs> the leather jackets is probably debate. <laughs> My <Maestro. laughs> Going by this. He's a bit old to be um, um, bombed, isn't he? Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, no, it's yeah, you can tell he'd be a good authority figure or a villain, you know. The, the way yeah, he's playing it, he could be it's like, oh, I've been expecting you. He's even done that those sort of little moments like you get from Bond villains. <laughs> uh, did did he have a little white cat on his lap? 
not quite. That's that's the one thing they've kind of not done yet. Yeah, you haven't it got could to happen the last in the episode final. yet. Exactly. It could happen because it's um, so far he's been in one control center watching them all on big screens. <laughs> oh, it's like the Truman Show. A little bit. Perhaps he could show it with a doge. You know, one of those um, with a, um, a Shiba Inu little, little thing with nice, uh, it's very soft. But I, I, I get a feeling in the last one, wherever he's put the surviving you know, contestants, it's like he's going to meet them all in person. You know, just got that. That's the only feeling I've got about the, the last episode. I'm, pro- I'm probably going to watch it tonight, to be fair. <laughs> I want to know what happens. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, you said, wow. Um, in fact, you've, you've, even, you've even been throwing plates around. That's, that's even better. Uh, no, I don't know. This mind. is meant to be a dynamic, yeah. and I don't. It it doesn't work like one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, Tone, the next two on your list, I've got on my list. Mm-hmm. So, which do you want to go first? Well, Frasier. Well, let's go for Frasier. I, I think Frasier's easiest to cover. I think Frasier is the easiest to cover. I think it continues. Yeah. Uh, well, I, I I think it continues to improve. It, yeah. It's but it sputters a bit here and there, <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I'd say the last episode, the you know the one where you're trying to get you know, you know the entire, the right to be called a professor rather than a doctor or whatever, I thought that was another high point. Where the episode before, possibly a slight lull. Oh, the one where Lilith appears. Yeah, that was a bit. Yeah, that was a bit and that's the thing. Even, fart, even with her appearing, it's like yeah, yeah, and and they almost they almost went for what they always do when Lilith appears, but that luckily they did sort of find a way to at least cut that off. Well, I mean, I mean, I only disagree 100%. <laughs> no, I thought the Lilith episode was, uh, it was quite emotionally charged and I enjoyed it for that. Hmm. And I thought the last episode was like, oh, God, what are they doing? How dare you? How absolutely, completely ever do this, you evil people. Um, and yeah, it was, Liminal for, but again, I've been watching some of the original. The, yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I tell you, you know, last week you mentioned uh, the one in the end of the coffee shop when they were trying to find a table. There's a line in that because I watched that as the last one I watched. I haven't started the next series yet. There was a line in that when he was saying to, I think Niles was asking if he was truly happy, and I can't remember where Harry came about. And he says, oh, then, you know, one day there might be role reversal. One day I I might be dad and, and I might be sharing a flat with, and I forgot his name, what's the son called? Frederick, yes. Frederick. I might be sharing a flat with Frederick, with Frederick and he might be, you know, yeah. sick of me being in his space or, or that type of thing. And I was thinking, wow. The, the the only trouble is they are doing the thing he said at the end of series one of the original and as far as I'm concerned they shouldn't be doing it but That's it was just really right. funny to hear that line yeah. <laughs> of 20 years ago and I was thinking oh my word don't be careful what you wish for what was it called? Frasier <laughs> the episode when he did the coffee uh, it's shop. my coffee with Niles. I think the last episode oh, that's of the what first series. Is, it yeah. was quite a funny episode. Yeah. No, it is good. It's it's one of one of my favourites. Actually, it's quite light. Um, so yeah, Frasier. You know, it's all good. Basically, it comes up every I'm week. Got, I'm going to say this, it's light this comedy. So <laughs> this this last one was the first one where I didn't find Niles's kid annoying. You know, like I have in previous. I don't know. I don't know exactly why I can't put a pin on it, but it's like, yeah, he was, you know, 
Well, he, he was, even he with, was even with vulnerable, it, wasn't he? Because he didn't get yeah. the A. That's probably it. It's like, you know, he's, yeah, his air is like cocky at first, isn't he? And then it's like, oh, I got a B? <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, if you carry on with that version of the character, I might, you know, probably be happy with that, you know. You know the trouble with Fraser and the biggest problem? Whenever I'm not paying attention... I start singing about tossed salads and scrambled eggs. <laughs> and I do it all the time. And the cats have started to stare at me going, what? Because, uh, I don't know, that theme tune is absolutely stuck in my head yeah. all the time. And as, as soon as I'm not doing anything, I start singing, mm. we're calling again. <laughs> and I even do the dum, dum, dum at the end. And I do it, it all the time. You, yeah, or you just hum it, you know. Oh, no, I have to sing. Oh, well, I won't do it because obviously I don't want to offend our millions of listeners. But it's such a nice jazz tune. It's got a really nice flow to it. And it's just like, it's very rhythmical. And it's just like, oh, no, I'm singing it again. But I sing it when I'm making coffee. I sing it when I'm getting in, getting ready for bed. I sing it first thing in the morning. And, and then I think, well, if I'm going to watch Frasier, I'm not watching the new ones. I mean, I've never watched the new ones more than once whereas the old ones i'd quite happily watch them all and go back again yeah i've rewatched the original ones many times but these these new ones i'm only watching them once it's a bit like star trek i used to re-watch the star treks whenever they you know the, the next generation ds9 even voyager when they first came out but these days i watch it once it's like yeah okay seen it next. but the oddest thing right here's the oddest thing right the new ones feel dated whereas the original ones feel current Mm. Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? There's, there's like a feeling of the original ones that it could be now in Seattle. Yeah, okay, the haircuts are a bit dodgy and, you know, whatever, but just generally it feels more now than more, the More now about the, um, the substance of it sort of thing, yeah. Well, the now ones feels yeah. like it's in a cheesy studio, you know. It's, mm. it's a cheesy studio filmed in front of a an audience, you know, whereas the old ones felt like you were intruding on a real, you know, apartment high up in Seattle and a real radio station. It felt real rather than this. And the coffee shop felt real, whereas this one, you know, might as well be, so it's, you it's, know. It's the bar in this one that feels the least. Yeah, it just doesn't, yeah. it, do, it doesn't, it just doesn't feel right. The only even time the, the coffee shop room. felt odd was the last one when they went yeah. outside. It was like, yeah. mm, no, I don't like that because that's clearly in a studio. Yeah. But, you know, Fraser's flat felt, well, flat, his apartment felt real. Whereas this whole yeah. thing feels more like Niles's did in the first one. You know, mm. slightly, you know. Well, well Niles's house, Niles and Niles and uh, Maris's house in the first couple of series, it, it, it it's supposed to be big and palatial so of course it goes all the way off the screen um yeah but his his but you only ever his, see that tiny yeah uh, yeah his apartment part. his apartment in later on in the series looks a bit looks a bit better i mean it's still it's still quite you know quite high up but it has different you know different sections for different bits and pieces to happen it's got its own kitchen and and things like that yeah um yeah but just generally i just think it's a i don't honestly it feels more modern which is a really weird thing when you think about the reality of it. It just, it just seems less set, whereas this, this thing here just seems like, I don't know, it seems like what it is. It's filmed in a lot in the back of some recording 
studio in Hollywood or whatever. Is it, so, yeah. on that sort of related, is is it me or does the lecture hall feel very small for a you know? Yeah, you don't. Lecture lecture what university small. you went to, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. depends which university you went to, but I, I've never been in a lecture hall that's that small. Yeah, but you know, polytechnics aren't my university. I mean. <laughs> It strikes me as the more. I mean, like, some of the ones at medical college is only eight of you in it, but there is a cadaver I mean, in the I'm, middle. So, yeah. I mean, I, I know there are the smaller ones, like we have you know, the, the famous one at the Royal Institution, but you know, well, that's not that small. Oh, uh, I mean, but it's smaller than I expect. Of a, yeah. Have you been in there? Not, not personally, no. No, it's it's not as small as you think yeah. it is. It's probably, I don't know, seventy seats in there, fifty, sixty, seventy seats. It's not that small. And it's quite raking, but yeah, it's. Um, I mean, I mean, yeah, they, that that's the impression I get of the sides from you know when it's on various TV things. It's like, yeah, the side, you know. Yeah, there's some really good about the, one, the, top. the ones where they do the wreath lectures. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, where it is. Yeah, that always. It's does. not that small. It looks like it goes up quite a long way. Yeah, it yeah. does, and that's quite fun up there. Yeah. There's lots of those um, uh, Faraday things, you know, where you wind the handle and it creates yeah. shocks, sparks. Oh, um, because they're all still there. The uh, I can't think what they're called now. Yes, yes, but the very early ones that they built there, and so all the equipment that was made by Faraday and all the rest of it, it's still in the building, and so it's like a it's like a museum. But you can play with it all. Well, I I do. I don't know if you're supposed to, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, that's quite cool in there. I mean, the only trouble is they as as will happen they get um lottery money and supposedly it gets um you know modernized and they just rip the joy out of it um but yeah if you have to let in the public the plebs you're always going to ruin it a bit but um well speaking yeah, of quite cool, speaking of ripping the joy out of it um doctor who's <laughs> up next <laughs> yeah <laughs> I honestly didn't Loved think it, it. was I too bad. Loved it. the best thing I've seen in years. I didn't, I didn't think it was too bad. <laughs> do you know yeah, what? I, I, I could, I, I could I, I, see I, I, what I, I, they were going to do a mile off, but <laughs> it, um, it I, wasn't. I've, I've got to say, it's like, uh, there were certain things, yes, you know, but I knew this one was going to have critics anyway, no matter what they did. <laughs> you know. I thought it was, I, honestly, and the bit everyone was, gets, gets a bit, well, everyone, that's a terrible indictment, it's not true. Some people get a bit annoyed about you know the lectury part, right? Mm. I I felt like if you're going to do it, it was a nice way of handling it. Yeah, they handled it well. This on this one. Yeah, yeah I mean it, it wasn't, it wasn't as lectury. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't as preachy, and and there was a bit at the end where it was, but I think that was more. Uh, you know, it was a more of a woman versus man thing rather than a non-binary thing. I think it was just mm. that sort of. You know, and, and they sort of played it in a way where I don't know why we're not talking about it as if we're trying to give away the don't want to give away the secret. But, you know, um, I think they played it in a way at the end where it fitted the story. The reason the outcome was it, it's really hard to do it without giving it away. The reason the outcome was the outcome and the expected outcome didn't happen is because because the people and the person weren't straightforwardly obviously what you thought they were okay mm. now obviously this is a fantasy fantasy story and it doesn't actually have to make sense and that's perfectly no. fine and that's why we watch doctor who because we don't want it to just follow logic right 
but at least it was a reason for that character to be that character rather than putting in that character solely to say to the world, you know, we're allowed to have this character and you can't dislike these people. And why would you anyway? I've got to admit. I mean, I get, I get tired of it. And most people haven't got an objection because somebody is a trans person and I would just be done with that. You know, I don't think most people care. It sounds like we don't care. I mean, I don't think anyone's bothered or offended or anything, you know, live and let live. And if you're happy the way you are, then be what you are, be whatever makes you happy. That's absolutely fine. I think people object to this having, you know, everything thrust upon you as if you have to accept. Even that's a, even that's a vocal minority that sort of, yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, yeah. you know, people feel what you want to feel, and it's not my right or business to tell you otherwise. But that I think is the problem. They feel like other people tell them what their right to feel what they feel is, and this is thrust upon them. But I don't really feel this episode did it as badly oh. as it could have been done. I think it was handled well, and I think it helped. It happened that you know the character, the lady, was very attractive and all the rest of it i know it shouldn't matter but i think that helped get the message across in a funny mm-hmm. way that you yeah. know actually your your well, i don't know if the word is your opinion but your probably initial thoughts were turned on its head quicker than you realized mm. and uh you i don't know maybe you just went oh, okay well I, I i didn't get that and you know it just made you think in a different way. But, okay, it turned out relevant to the story. And the best thing about the story, all of it, now, don't get me wrong, I don't know Doctor Who that intimately, but there was the BBC Three show that I didn't watch immediately after, but that was on. And this whole thing was taken from a Doctor Who fan magazine. Yeah. In the, and the story, in the, the character. Yeah, 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 the story, the character, and everything about it was yeah. taken from a cartoon strip mm. and made real. And I did like that bit about the fluffy toys and where they came from. Because mm. yeah. now that's really very, very it's clever. Like, yeah. but that's, they, they sort of wove it in quite yeah. well. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Was, so all the characteristics yeah. of the character that people uh, I thought may so overall, be confused by, for want of a nicer way of putting yeah. it. I thought that it, it all was, made perfect sense within the story. Yeah, I, th- I thought it I had that. it had some good moments. Um, you know, nice to see David Tennant back playing. I loved her wheelchair playing the, the Doctor. That was so again. cool. I thought the, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She she was very good. Um, and um, you know, obviously, um, what's her name? Um, oh, I can't remember her name now. Catherine Tate. Catherine Tate's usually uh, you know usually pretty good. Mm-hmm. I've I've been watching her in clips of The Office recently, the American Office. Um, um, but uh, but yeah, she, um, yeah. I I just thought overall, I thought well, it, it was all right, but it was. I just felt it was a bit of a mess somehow. Um, but you know, it, it was, was a bit the weird because the actual uh, what, what uh, we'll call them monsters, even though they were monsters. Yeah, it wasn't very much of the story. If you look yeah, at it, yeah. I don't know how long it was, 40 minutes, I don't know how long that is. The actual, you know, the fluffy monster and the, the, the insect-looking yeah. monstery things. I would say that was found, yeah, that was resolved quite quickly, that. Yeah, yeah there was yeah, an awful lot going yeah, on. I did enjoy Miriam Margolis, though, as the, the fluffy monster. Do you know, all the way through the episode, I yeah. was trying to place that blasted voice. 
Well, I, 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 I know who admit, that is. I know who it is. Who well, is the it? The reason I, I know it's Miriam Margolis is because I watched the other program. I thought it was Zoe, Zoe Wanamaker. <laughs> yeah, yeah I could have also... If, I thought, because she like, like you, that, if I hadn't watched the other one, I could have also believed... Yeah, because yeah, she played... Yeah. Oh, that thing that yeah. was made of skin. Do you remember back in oh, the yeah, day? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it was almost an identical voice. Mm. And the whole way along, I thought it was her, but there was that tiny lilt. That I thought, oh, maybe it's not, but now I'm sure it is. Especially the way mm. it broke with that moment of the reveal. It's like, oh, the hell, empty. Yeah, that was good. That was, yeah, that was yeah. good. I didn't realize that Miriam Magalis was such a good voice actor yeah. because she yeah. did that really well. Yeah, she it did. was so sickly sweet and then yeah. so brilliantly evil. It was like really, I mean, it was clever, that was, actually. Yeah. But again, it was clever because it's a tried and tested story that was written 40 years ago and it had been read by and enjoyed by and it was always seen as one of the greatest fan fiction stories to come out of Doctor Who. Mm. So it was like you were starting on a winner before you started. <laughs> I mean, obviously, they, yeah. you know, stretched the story with the characters and, and yeah. made it fit the uh, Donna timeline and all the rest of it. That made sense. But... Uh, I mean, even the little the little reference to Wilf, it's like, you know, the doctor's there goes, oh, sorry for your lot, you know. He was a lovely, you know, I love that guy. He was brilliant. It's like, no, he's just in a home because he can't do the stairs anymore. Yeah. Well, apparently, true. um... Cribbins was at the the reading, the first script reading they went through for this. So I don't know whether he's he will have filmed anything for because obviously the future episodes are also going to have some Donna in them to some extent. I don't know whether they'll just have another little cap, you know, another little nice tribute thing moment in there. I'm hoping so, but you know, I, I, I won't I won't be staking anything on that, but I'm hoping so. No, I still only think of him from the railway children. You know, everything he ever did his entire <laughs> life, he's he's still the the postman from the railway. Oh, was he postman? Yeah. The porter. He was a porter. Po yeah. yeah, yeah. But I think he delivered things as well because they all came by a train, didn't they? Yeah. So he used to drop them off at the house. That's why I thought about delivering. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I mean, it got a kick in. Of course it did. Yeah. But it was. I mean, with with what it you said about okay. watching the, you know, the Tennant and Aggieman ones, it's like this to me. It was quite close to when it was Tennant and Catherine Tate, you know, the first time round. The tone of it felt a lot like those episodes to me. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, Catherine Tate as an a character actress in or whatever you want to say, she brings something to whatever she does, mm. and that strengthens everything. It just does. She's got that delivery. She's got that comedy. It's really clever and it's really brilliant. But I'd say if it was another character or even a different actress, that would have fallen flat on its face. Yes, absolutely Probably. flat on its face. Yeah. So there was know, some there was some lifting being done by the cast. I thought, yeah. Sorry, say that again. There was some lifting being done by the cast. Yeah, some but if it lifting. wasn't Tennant <laughs> and Tate. I didn't realise it was ten and ten. That sounds quite good. If it wasn't those two, I think it would have been. We would have been sitting here going, "Oh, what the hell have they done?" But it, well, it was. It was a lot better than it could have yeah. been. 
I think it's next week, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's straight after. It's straight after, I suppose. And then they might save one for Christmas. I don't know. Or saying that they might do the swap to the new Doctor after the three, and then have the new Doctor at Christmas. I don't know. Oh, Carl was telling me today because I did speak to him briefly, and I spoke to him about this. He was saying, "Do you know um, that?" Oh, because uh, I watched some of it the other day because I saw it on iPlayer. Um, the the story of Doctor Who, something about something about time and space. I can't remember. What it was called. Oh, the, the the yeah the doctor yeah the drama the, with um, David Bradley. That's as, the one. Yes, yeah. exactly. William yeah. Hartnell, that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Really he was saying that, that they've changed the ending. They of have the yeah. original ending of that. It was it turned to Matt Smith. Yeah. And now, now it now changed to, it to turn to Gawa, or the new his name is, Yeah. Yeah, can't remember. And I just thought, oh, I don't know, it's wrong because you're now taking it out of the context of when that was made. So and, as, as I mean, an alternate ending, yes, have you know, but yes, to replace it shouldn't, it completely, be, it shouldn't no. be an ending. It, yeah. it it is a work. Yeah. It was a work about yeah. it being made at the time. Well, well, I suppose it was the fiftieth. Was it? I can't. I couldn't even. Yeah, tell it you must have been the fiftieth anniversary. It's funny enough. It's Doctor Who, so it should be stuck in that time. You know, it's actually really relevant. And I just, I don't know. I mean, obviously, I don't care in any respect whatsoever, but I just thought, mm, that's almost, you know, that's almost wiping out Matt Smith. You know, because that was his moment. He was the Doctor at the 50th. This new guy, he'll get his moment to be the Doctor for doctor at the 60th, and that's cool. And good luck to him, you know? But, you know, it's um, there's some weird... It was a weird thing to do. And there was also some weird thing that I only watched a bit off because it was on Channel 5 and it was so utterly awful. And I don't know how Channel 5 even got the right to make it. But they did a thing called Doctor Who Secrets or something. Oh, it was utterly... It was like, oh, all the things that you didn't know about Doctor Who and it was about, you know... Tegan. That were revealed years ago. All the yeah, things like that, in Tegan fact, you, having you to did spend, know about Doctor Who, yeah. Yeah, two <laughs> years pretending to be American because of they wanted to sell it to America and America wouldn't like it if they found out that she was actually a British accent who was pretending to be American in the show. And, and it was too much talk about how they'd only let her wear bikinis and she was freezing and, and it was weird stuff. And there was sort of semi-naked pictures of the doctors getting out of showers. It was weird stuff i didn't realize also after there was that break in doctor who there was some uh, i will call it fan made i don't know what it, you would call it but there was some privately made doctor who type episodes but with all the actors because when the bbc stopped making it someone else decided to set up a little production company and make some particularly bizarre weird stuff um and I saw a few clips of that, and I thought, that is horrid. It's not like when they took sort of Bond films out, away from, you know. Well, I it was, it was that like sort of thing. Yeah. tantric um, things going on in caves between Ace and and Colin Baker, and it was just, oh, this is bizarre and uncomfortable and, I've got to be honest, slightly unpleasant. But I just like I saw that and I was thinking, oh, dear, I'm really glad they didn't become mainstream. But I'm sure they're available somewhere in, you know, and there must be some places in Soho that still sell videos like that. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Lovely. Well, but yeah, that I've... opened my eyes to a world I didn't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, as I, as I said the last time we got a new doctor, 
I don't care who plays the Doctor. I don't care what any of the cast are, as long as the stories are good. And the stories oh, yeah, okay. have not been good for a few years now. <laughs> but this wasn't the worst one, which is what this I'm saying. Which, again, it's, no. it's not a glowing no. indictment, but it, no. it wasn't the worst one. Is that the best that we could do? It's like the new, yes, new 60th, is it 60? Yeah, 60th anniversary of Doctor Who. New episode, David Tennant, the one that everybody wanted. Uh, it's not as bad as it could have been. God, doesn't he aged? Mm. But then he has. Well, yeah, he's not he has. really the doctor and he does actually age. He's uh, it's, it's I mean I don't want to give it away for anyone that didn't know. It's years <laughs> later. It is years later. Anyway. Lovely. Well that's your uh, that's your list time. Um <laughs> yeah. <laughs> another hour get, for us. How about through, we look at yours? Get through the last of mine. So um so yeah, um uh, I've made this joke before, but there's a little uh, American television series that they brought back from um from the uh, from the nineties and two thousands, it's called Frasier. Yeah. <laughs> Never heard of it. Yeah, yeah. I think that was my reply last week. I think, like, it, I think it was. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. So the first, I say, I say the first thing on my list. Um, it's uh, so Valve Software, who are the people who produced uh, the original Half Life. I say the original Half Life. They they produced Half Life and Half Life Two and Portal and Portal Two. Uh, although Portal Portal was purchased Valve from gave a, everything that you put them in, only half a life. Yes. <laughs> so P- Portal was actually a, a a game that was bought from somewhere. I think it was either brought in or the was team who were working. In? It may have been ported in. Yeah, um, imported. Yeah. So um, so yeah, that 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 one wasn't wasn't specifically made by them, but uh, Portal Two was. Um, yeah, and things the like Electric Left- Boogaloo version. Yeah, <laughs> things like uh, Left for Dead and uh, Counter uh, Strike and things like that. So they released a, a documentary on um, on YouTube out of the blue. I don't think anybody knew it was coming. Uh, an hour long documentary about um, Half Life, the twenty fifth anniversary. Because it's 25 years ago since ha- the original Half-Life was released. Well, that's a really good time to do an anniversary, you know, a 25-year anniversary. Yeah. I was at school when that thing came out. It I, does not feel that long at all. It I doesn't wasn't. feel that long ago, no. No. But the, I was a parent. The silly um, th- yeah. The silly thing is, it, it, I was at school when the original Half-Life came out, and I was at college when the, um, or university, um, when Half-Life 2 came out. They have yet to release Half-Life 3. Well, so, how can you? Mm? If it's Half Life and you've already got two of them, isn't that a whole life? Probably, probably. at least that's that's probably what Gabe Newell would say. Yeah. Um, I, I think Half Life Three has been mooted for about fifteen of those oh, twenty-five yeah. years, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Well, we've had it we've feels had, like it. We've had Half Life episodes, you know, Half Life Two episode one and episode two. Yeah, Mil- the Millwall little... one. Um, so yeah. we've had. Can you do me a favour? Yes. What the hell's Half Life? Half Life is a com- is a computer game. Now I've got that bit. It's, it's just what person, is it? It's a first person shooter, and you oh, play. It's one you of play those the, where um, you pretend to be a man when you're not really one. Yes. So you yeah. you um you uh you are you are Gordon Freeman, and you are a scientist, and you are um you are late for a uh, very important date for a very important uh, date with a uh, with a test chamber. Um, uh, you push a uh, a sample of something into um, 
into an, an extraction, the extraction an vault or whatever it is, and hilarity ensues. And by hilarity, I mean the destruction of civilization and God knows what else. Oh, so, it's, it's just the story of COVID, then. Yes, basically, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it's 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 a it's an absolute classic. It's one of the it's probably one of the best. Well, Half Life One and Half Life Two are probably two of the best. Well, it would be a classic after twenty five years. Right? Yeah, they're two of the best um, FPS games ever ever made. I think, um, and it's oh, a really it's a interesting opinion. I'd like Hunchback. <laughs> it's a really it interesting. It was on the Commodore um, sixty four. It took six minutes to load, and I, I only ever managed to play it for about three. Indeed, it's a really interesting, uh, interesting documentary. Most, you know, most of the people who worked on the original. Um, well, they're still alive. It, well, of course they are. It was only twenty-five years ago. Uh, so most of the people who worked on the original Half-Life are still, uh, you know, as, are either still working at Valve or they've they've gone and done other things. Um, they've Gabe, moved on to Transistor. Yes, Gabe Newell, um, who um, who ran, who still still runs Valve. Actually, um, he was in it, um, and um, there's there's a. There's a quote from it that that people have really latched onto, and you know he he was he was saying, well, they were having they were having meetings while they were creating the building Half Life. They were having meetings, and people were saying, well, we can't do this, we can't do this, this, and this because it it's just not real realistic. And Gabe Newell was apparently saying that, said, oh well, I don't care about realism. You know, in, in real life, we have you know we have shopping lists, we have to go and buy milk and things like that. I play games as a as an as an escape. Which is which is probably you know which is probably why hard the original Half Life was was so fun and my most very you know, true most I mean, Valve games are really uh, are, are really fun as well. I mean it's very true and incredibly sad many as well, but yeah, it's very true. Yes. Mm. Um, One day someone's going to explain to me why people play this stuff, but uh, because it's fun. Well, that'll be another show. Because it's fun. It's just. It's, I'm sure it is. It is. It is fun. It's, and it's the kind of it's the kind of stuff that you know that a lot of a lot of dreams have made of, or fortunes are anyway. Oh, they certainly are. Yeah, they're all uh, they're all millionaires over there. Well, um, so yeah, check that out. It's about an hour long, and as I say, it's really it's really interesting. Um, just how it was all how it all came together, where the you know where the people from Valve came from, and, and so um, all, all those people are still at Valve. That's I think I think some of them are still at Valve. Yeah. Oh, right, because it'd be very surprising if all of them were still some there. Some of them to be moved fair. on. Yeah, I think so. Well, obviously, Gabe Newell's still at Valve. Um, yeah. A couple of them are. A couple of them are still there. Um, but um, but yeah, it's as I say, it's a really interesting, really interesting watch, and it's uh, yeah, it's good to see. Um, the uh, the next thing on my list is for all mankind, which is on Apple TV. That's a big claim. The latest. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a, yeah. it's a series. Um and uh yeah, it's the the latest series has um I'm just trying to get it there we go. Um the latest series has started, which is series um Is it four? Is it four? It might be. Three or four. Because I was yeah. looking this up from the last time it was mentioned and it's like Yeah. Yeah. It's like seeing if I can find any sneaky way to get a couple of free months of Apple TV just to what you know, binge it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's it really is. If there's one if there's one thing you're going to pick up Apple TV for Apple TV Plus, it's it's probably this. There, Apple TV has some what you might call you know what rubbish. What, what you might call yeah. no. What you might call crown jewels. It's a bit like what, yeah. you know the BBC. The BBC have their crown jewels. Things like well, I've uh, been looking for some things reason. like. Things like Wimbledon and things like that. 
Um, yeah. And um, and but no, this does sound particularly up my street with it being an old, it's, slightly alternate history as well. It is. Yeah. It's all yeah, alternate history, and also you it's just Ronald, have to go on the social media for alternate yeah, history. Yeah. And also it's Ronald D. All Moore. Realities. So you can't you can't go wrong with one of his. Um, one oh, well, of, I might start watching it on the grounds of I pay for it every month and I never turn it on. You should. I mean, at this rate, Apple will make money. They'll end up being a big company with lots of money if people keep using their stuff and never <laughs> yeah. paying for it and never use yeah. it. Yeah, no, it's 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 um it's it's really good. It's basically you know the the Russians made it to the moon first, and things turn out exactly the way you think they would. Um, but yeah, it's 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 really good. So this you know this and Foundation have both been really good on Apple TV Plus. The Morning Show is I uh, finished that the other week. It's it it's fine. I don't think I it's think as my good wife as might have watched some of that. I don't think it's as well for me. It's not as good as it as it thinks it is. I think it's it's good. <laughs> it's like really that. good, like but that. it's. It I'm gonna have to put that on my CV. Yeah. I'm not as good as I think I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's it insists of, upon itself. It insists upon itself. Where did that come from? Uh, oh, it I was know a Family from, Guy gag from, about the Godfather. It's I think. From family, yeah. it, ins- it insists upon itself, Lois. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was quite a good impression. Yeah, yeah. French Flintstones work- never sounded yeah, so yeah, good. Yeah. I've, been, I've been workshopping it. <laughs> um, so yeah, for all mankind, tone, get yourself Apple TV Plus and get it and watch it and absorb it. Um, yeah, and the last thing on my list, uh, which I watched, which I watched today actually, was um, the latest, um, the latest uh, part of the um, LTT Linus Tech Tips uh, Secret Shopper series of uh, of videos they do this every every couple of years every year where yeah. they go around popular With different brands as well don't they yeah, yeah but they go around popular uh, pc yeah. building you know sort of boutique pc builders and sort of make you know check them out see if they're see if stuff um see what the buying process is like see if the machines arrive in one piece and then that like this week they um they actually did something like they took one of the RAM sticks out or unseated one of the RAM sticks so the machine wouldn't post correctly and hilarity ensues. So, uh, wow, so, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm halfway through this one myself. Oh, yeah, that was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's, yeah, if you're halfway through, it gets, it gets quite funny towards, yeah. <laughs> towards the end. I mean, the, so. these things usually do, it's like even in the sort of the selling process part of it, you know, mm. Some of yeah. the things where it's like, no, the the guy should have sold it to you like this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's 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 definitely <laughs> definitely worth a watch if you're in, if you're into that sort of thing. Not everybody is into LTT, but mm. uh, but there it is, and there is there are there is my my stuff. As your contribution That's to the world, my contribution, indeed. I was going to say because uh, something you said has made me think we need to change the title of their podcast because i think it should be the airways open brackets for all mankind close brackets <laughs> no actually the airways for all mankind podcast i think that's what we should be called from now on yeah. because of you know after all this is our gift to the universe hyphen not as good and, as but we can only is, yeah. just do it to mankind because we you can't believe that all the little green monsters will be listening even though we know they are because they mm. get in touch with us Yes, they'll, they'll be using the AI to translate everything. Yeah, they will. exactly. They will. Well, we um, they only think we speak German. Yeah, they'll all be translating into German. So that's, that's how this it'll is work. the first episode of the Airways Open Bracket for Mankind Close Bracket. Yeah, I all think good. that's what we should be doing for the future. Indeed, 
Indeed. We insist <laughs> upon ourselves here at the Airwaves. <laughs> exactly. That um, impression was nowhere near as good. <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, that was an that impression. That was more Barney Rubble. That was, in, that was an impression of me. Um, yeah. Right. I'd go with Betty, but I'd be thinking of Wilma. Oh, dear. That's a deep <laughs> cut. Are you been watching Red Dwarf? Yes, yeah. I haven't, actually. Yeah. It just popped into my head. Nice. It was a weird one. I've been reading very, Red Dwarf. It's a very deep cut. It's a very deep cut. <laughs> well, that, I believe... Is uh, that is that seven is, or eight shows? It is that. Yeah. Look, if we're only going to ever do it two weeks, we've got to give them six months worth. Indeed, and yeah. Well, at uh, before editing, at uh, three thousand four hundred thirty-five bars in logic, that's uh, that. That's. Yeah, I, th- I think we're ready at to close seven it down. And a half hours, isn't it? Indeed. Uh, nearly two hours, actually. I think. Um, but uh, but there we go. Um, right, it only remains for me to ask you, chaps, where we can find you. Uh, Tome, where can we find you, sir? Um, yeah, the usual Tone Seven X Twenty on the Twitter, whatever it's called this week. Even though I still call it Twitter. Um, yeah. Again, over on Blue Sky, I'm trying to use that more, but under the same handle. Nice, nice. Alex, where can we find you, sir? I'm a, f- a fox in London, and I'd say that's everywhere, but I don't think it's anywhere. But it's somewhere, and um, if you look for me and I'm there, then great. And if I'm not, you're probably better off for it. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that's where I am. I'm a fox in London, and I'm actually—I have no idea where I am. I'm just places, but I don't say anything worth listening to anyway, so don't worry about it. Well, thank you for that cryptic answer. Um, <laughs> I was trying uh, to think about where I am, and I couldn't remember. So, a lot of your kitchen seems to have driven you insane. So. <laughs> oh, actually, I, I you know. I, I just had cats climbing up scratch posts right next to me. I don't know if you can hear it. And I was just thinking, oh, yeah, of course, I can't go in the kitchen because it's probably a bit too dangerous. Oh, dear. So, yeah, it's like living in a zoo as well, which is, uh, that bit's all right, actually. I quite like that bit. Mm, fair enough. Well, you can find me on threads at SF Drummer, as I said earlier. That is a show, and it's also all we have for this show. Uh, if you want to get in touch, drop us a line at airwavesshow at gmail.com, or you can leave a review on wherever you listen to this. Apparently, it pushes the numbers up, so you know we need to get into that that third billion listeners every uh, every week. Um, so yeah, all reviews, good or bad, Carl enjoys them all. I merely am informed of their existence. We will. That's the second time in two weeks I have tripped over that last line. I need to rewrite this. We will. Just doing it in the original German and yes. trying to translate it back into the English. We will be back, hopefully, next week with another episode of the Airways. But until then, take care, everybody. It's been a damn pleasure. Bye-bye.